You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Nine out of every 10 adults may lack the skills needed to manage their health and prevent disease. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Taylor Grant, a recipient of the Gold Award for Health Promotion by the National Health Information Center. She has over 15 years of professional experience developing safety and wellness programs for government agencies, international corporations, national retailers, and major healthcare organizations. Taylor Grant started her career as a consumer healthcare advocate, and her mission is to improve the health of every American. Her latest book, Health Matters, Eight Steps That Can Save Your Life and Your Family's Health, will be published in September of this year. Welcome. Hi, Dr. Lent. Thanks for having me. Well, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this topic. And I'm curious, And why does the average American know so little about their health and their health issues? Well, you know, unfortunately, educating people about our health has never been much of a priority in this country. You know, most people get a cursory course in hygiene in middle school, but that doesn't do very much to prepare us for a lifetime of managing our health, getting preventive care, and having good health habits. You know, and the healthcare system has put most of the burden of education on physicians rather than expecting patients to come in being informed and proactive. And, and again, unfortunately, most people that I talk to, their knowledge comes from sound bites they get off of TV or the Internet. Mm-hmm. So what's the impact of this low health literacy on people's health? Well, you know, it's really manifold. They, they don't understand you know, basic health information, and and more importantly, they have trouble acting on it because they don't understand it. And studies have shown it's difficult to navigate the healthcare system to get the right care. They skip prevention like mammograms, pap smears, and immunizations, don't manage chronic conditions. And an interesting one is don't understand treatment or the risk for conditions. And, And a good example is mad cow disease. You know, the general population they really have a much more elevated fear than is rational about what their risk is for getting that, and yet emphasize less things like heart disease and diabetes that really they have a high risk of getting. And how does that lack of health literacy make it difficult for us uh, as physicians to provide care for people? For clinicians, patients tend to enter the healthcare system when they're sicker. They wait to get help for conditions because they don't understand. They use emergency services more. You know, they come in when something, again, has has affected their life or affected their ability to function rather than anything preventive. They don't understand and follow treatment plans. This is a big one. And when I I worked with a lot of doctors over the years in developing programs, they get very frustrated, as you know, when you lay out a treatment plan and find out weeks or months later that it was never followed. Also, misusing medications. They don't understand the medications, don't know how they're supposed to take them or even why they're taking them. And one thing that's of real concern to doctors is it ends up leading to increased malpractice suits because many, many malpractice cases, as I'm sure you know, are because of simple miscommunication errors. The doctor feels that they're communicating something, but the patient in reality didn't understand it. Well, certainly, and I trained in the dark ages, so hopefully things are a bit better now. But in my medical training, we we really didn't get any help on how to talk to patients so they understand and then act upon it. And that's very true. You know, the the technical training for a physician, a nurse, and any kind of healthcare professional, of course, focuses on those technical issues on diagnosing, on treating illness. And you are seeing some medical schools, some people that I've talked to have said they're trying to emphasize that communication more because, 
you know, it's funny from a patient perspective, they get very frustrated with it, but doctors are just as frustrated. They have just as hard a time, and they deal with it all day, every day. I try to tell patients that. Remember, you have one interaction with a doctor. They do this all day, every day. So their frustration level is high as well. So what can we do? What can physicians and other clinicians do to more effectively communicate what often is very complex information so that patients, again, not only understand it, but the key thing is incorporate it into their behavior. And here's some, some easy tips you can do. First of all, and one of the basic things, is consider who the patient is. Get an understanding of your patients, their reading skill level, their education level, their age, any cultural issues they may have. Knowing that helps you go in with sort of a, a game plan of how you're going to communicate. And then you want to limit the number of things you try to communicate. There's a good guide if you're interested. Online, it's called askme3.org. And they really recommend to anyone dealing with patients to limit, limit what you're communicating to three, three questions. And that would be, what is the main issue? What should you do? And why is it important for you to do it? And if you keep it to those three main messages, typically you'll be able to work through some understanding. You also want to make sure you focus on actions. It's very important because physicians tend to give patients a lot of information because they know so much about the condition. They have all of this training and all of this experience, but you have to understand that the patients can't always absorb all of that. So you want to focus on here's what I'd like you to do so they know exactly what you're expecting of them. And the last one, which is so important, ask them if they understand. Just write out, say, do you understand what I'm, what I'm telling you? Can you repeat it back to me? Can you tell me what you're supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. That's a great tip. That reminds me, there's a wonderful book out that, that's really geared more, I think, towards marketers, but I think all of us as physicians uh, could learn a lot from it, called Made to Stick. And it's about making your message what they call sticky, and that means so people remember it and then act upon it. And one of the things the authors, uh, Chip and Dan Heath, talk about is the curse of knowledge. And that's exactly what, what you're talking about here, that just because we know it doesn't mean our audience or our patients know it. So all the knowledge that we have really can be a curse when you're trying to explain it to people. It really can. And, you know, it's interesting in looking at the issue, a lot of people say try to remember less is more. You know, again, you want to make sure you're informing your patient about everything. But sometimes it just overwhelms. If you've diagnosed a patient with diabetes, you want to explain what diabetes is and how the body functions and why you have it and what you should be doing. But that's a lot for someone to take in. So again, you want to focus very simply. And remember, invite them back. Say, we need another appointment to talk about this further. And take these materials and read them or go on the internet. Encourage them to do as much self-education as possible. Because the more you help your patients educate themselves, the easier your job is going to be. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD. XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is healthcare advocacy expert and author Taylor Grant. Now, Taylor, uh, you had mentioned askme3.org. Is that three spelled out or the number three? I'm sorry, it's the number three. A S K M E the number 3.org. Certainly one of the problems that I have in educating my patients is that there's so much unreliable information out there that if I tell them to go look on the Internet, who knows what they're going to read? Um, how can you best steer people to appropriate sources? That's true, and that's a tough one. And also, you know, I think patients are looking for that resource from doctors. So a nice thing is for doctors to do a little bit of research and have some resources they can give their patients. And just some quick tips is the .gov or the .org sites 
are going to be the ones. Org is nonprofit. You know, .gov is, is governmental, and we can all argue with the government on some things, but most of their information is pretty unbiased. So sending them there is a great starting place. Also, you want to look at how current the information is and who's running the site. A lot of times there's vendors, there's you know companies who are selling something, and I just don't recommend you send your clients, your customers to those because, again, you're, not trying to, you're trying to give them information, not trying to sell them on something. So it's great if you can have sort of a general list of sites that you like. And, and I find patients really appreciate that. If a doctor says, hey, I go look things up here or I would go use this, they really feel like what a great resource that doctor is, is giving me instead of sort of shutting them down and saying nothing on the Internet is any good because they're going to look there whether you want them to or not. So it really is important for doctors, at least in the most common treatment conditions that we see, to, to actually give patients specific resources. Absolutely, and a great idea too. I mean, write down if, again, if they've been diagnosed with a condition and it's fairly complicated, write it down and say, you know, here's the name of it, so you spell it right correctly, here's a site you can go to, and go ahead and do some research and encourage them again. You don't have to feel when they're sitting in your office that you are responsible for every bit of education for this patient because most doctors just don't have the time to do that. But it's a great thing, a great resource to use to make sure you're sending them to a credible site, get them that information, and let them self-educate a little bit because the more they learn to do that, then when they come in, you're going to find a much more, you know, educated patient and one that's really ready to make some decisions and understand you a little better. As my mother frequently reminds me, not everybody has the Internet. <laughs> so what about people that don't have Internet access? What do we do for them? That's true. And when you look at patients that, you know, have a low health literacy, and now it affects 9 out of 10 Americans, so this is, this is a big issue, not a small one. But also, you, you can, again, look on some sites like the Ask Me 3 site, the AMA sites, and find some great downloadable information and have that information ready to give out. But again, you want to avoid, one thing I find doctors do is sometimes they'll photocopy or Xerox information that they've been given that, again, is way too technical for their patients and hand that to them. And remember, because you understand it, like your mom said, doesn't mean everyone else understands it. So, you know, make sure that when you're looking at information to give your patients, look for those those sites and those downloadable things you can hand out that are very simple and put it in very easy terms. What about all of the material that the pharmaceutical companies give us um, that's meant for patients? What do you think about that? Well, again, you know, you are the best judge of reading something and seeing, does it have a slant? Is it telling the whole story? Obviously, a lot of money in this country is put into education through pharmaceutical companies. My philosophy is I try to take what's good from that and use it for patients where you can and weed out what may be a little biased. But understand always that your patients are sort of looking to you to be that unbiased source. So you may give them something and say, this was produced by the maker of this drug, so read it, knowing that going in. But hey, here's some materials that seem to outline this condition very well. Unfortunately, we don't have the resources to just discard all of that and say we're not going to use it because really a lot of our health information comes from that source right now. With lack of anything else, that's what we have. So I would say use it where you think it's appropriate, but always look at it with a skeptical eye because, again, your patients really depend on you to give them the, you know, the real story. What other things can physicians do to improve the health literacy of their patients? Well, one thing in their practices, take a look at your forms and instructions. It sounds pretty simple, but make sure they're very easy to understand. They're written in plain language. You don't use a lot of complicated terms or a lot of bureaucratic 
language. Use visuals and charts wherever possible. Now, this is something I know that a lot of the health industry companies will donate the models or they'll donate a chart. And hey, where you can use those to illustrate a point, it's great. Because if you don't understand the technical terms, if, if a physician shows you something, again, you're going to absorb it a lot better than just reading it in a, in a brochure. And also, lastly, you want to encourage your staff to always maintain a respectful and shame-free environment. The rule you learned in school, there's no such thing as a dumb question, I can't emphasize that should be the rule for your practice. Right. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. It was lovely. We've been discussing the clinician's role in improving health literacy. Again, two of the resources we discussed, askme3, the number 3.org, and Made to Stick, a book. You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I look forward to talking with you next time.